the first thing you need to do is tier your existing funnel so that you've got tier one, tier two, tier three based on whatever set of characteristics it is. And then you're really going to have to reformulate your whole go-to-market and make sure that you're targeting customers who meet that ICP criteria. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Friday, so this is our hashtag one hero episode. In these episodes, we highlight and celebrate a blog post and contributor from our community and discuss topics surrounding sales, marketing, and customer success. Here we go. Sandra Muir, welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. I am super, super pumped. You know, there's not many times where we've interviewed people who actually come to the Flip My Funnel conference uh, and have been CMOs for multiple different companies for many, many years. I feel today is going to be a great treat. So I have with me Kirby Wapsworth. He has been a CMO for many, many, many companies, just to name a few, which is, which is again, a, a treat because I, I think it's one of the most... Uh, challenging jobs. Right? Let, me, let, me ro- let me roll out my wheelchair, Sandra. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Look, you're going to see him at Limelight, uh, Five Networks, a uh, company that got acquired by Symantec, a company that got acquired by Oracle. So you've been in small to large to mid-size, all kinds of companies. Yeah. Right now, you're again in a CML hot seat. So first of all, before we get into the topic of what it takes to create the original ICP, that is what we're going to focus on. What it takes to create the original ideal customer profile. Kirby, I just want to welcome you to the show. Yeah, well, thank you, Sangram. I appreciate it. This is uh, fun. I love yeah. doing this. So I'd love to share a little bit more color. To, I mean, you obviously also have written a book. I'd love for you to share something about it and a fun fact about yourself. Sure. Well, as you said, I've done seven startups. I, I forget how many public companies, frankly, I don't know, three, four, whatever. You know, I started out in the technical side of things and worked my way up through product management into, into marketing. So I kind of come at it from at least an originalist perspective from the technology side. And then I went and got, you know, the classic marketing background at Kellogg and, and did all that stuff with, you know, sort of the... Uh, the commercial marketing side of things. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned the book. Thank you. It's it's out of print, so we're not, we're not promoting it, but it's called Recommend This, and we had a lot of fun with it. it what we were trying to do, it was uh, three years ago, we were trying to come up with some algorithms that people could use to simulate social interaction that we have face-to-face through digital mechanisms. And we came up with eight strategies to establish authentic, you know, authenticity and develop personal relationships. Video was actually a big component of this because the brain operates differently when you can see somebody's face. So anyway, that was the whole premise of the book is how do we build relationships through digital mechanisms that feel and, and emulate in the mind uh, personal relationships like the one you and I are developing right now. Uh, that was what it, that's, that's what that was all about. And I, so a fun fact about me, there are so many, because, you know, like I said, I've done so many uh, things, things that people don't, something that people don't know about me, other than the fact that, you know, I do write books. I started out in the theater. Wow. <laughs> Completely having nothing, absolutely nothing to do with this. I was uh, a sort of a roadshow uh, stage manager, director, and actor for, about 10 years before I got into the tech business. I got sick of uh, living in the back of a Volkswagen and getting paid $25 a week. So that's why, that's why you have me here today. Otherwise, I you know, you might have a poster somewhere on the walk. Of <laughs> or on the walk of well, you have some interesting, uh, I can see on a video right now, you have some interesting uh, you know, graphics behind you. 
Yeah, those are those are those are the kids. <laughs> the mouths to feed back there. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, Kirby, you know, we we before we started to record this, you were talking about you are trying to create an original ICP, and that's fascinating to me because I feel like a lot of people have just one either skip over it and just go do marketing and sales out there. And, and I think as you talk about accountants marketing in a holistic way, you also said it is really hard to do oh, yeah. uh, a real ideal customer profile. So could you share like what are, what is, what is it that you're going through? Why are you doing this? Yeah. So, you know, there's an old Steve Martin joke. I don't know if you remember it, but he, he used to tell a joke, Hey, I have discovered the secret to becoming a millionaire. Anybody in the world could become a millionaire. It's so easy. Yeah. All you need, first step, get a million dollars. That's his joke. <laughs> right? So I feel like that's kind of applicable to ABM in general, but ICP is the million dollars, right? So everybody likes to talk about account-based marketing, targeted marketing. I don't know, we've been talking about segmentation and targeting for a long time, but uh, for many, many decades actually, but it's really come to a to ahead and it's great to see the industry is really focused and there's tools and technology available to really to really make it happen but it all hinges on i have a million dollars i know what my target customer is i know this is how to identify a bunch of external characteristics about my about a a, a pool of customers a segment of, bu- of business and i'm going to target these 500 or 200 or 300 okay well that sounds great it's really challenging i think to do this right now, you can sit down and you can spend some time on a whiteboard and you can come up with some approximations and estimations and guesses. And then, you know, as a lot of people said, even at Flip Your Funnel event, just get started, you know, just do it, just start and it'll start evolving. And I'm not against that, but I think there's a better way. So what we have tried, and I don't know, maybe you disagree with me, but let me tell you a little bit about what we're trying to do. Yeah. So we, I said, okay, I don't know how many characteristics are that matter. I don't know what's hidden out there. And I spent some time working in data science uh, a few years ago. So I learned a little bit about training sets and what it takes to, to build data science models. And I said, you know, we need to go figure out what the external factors are, the characteristics we're going to go look at. And the first step that we took is we asked everybody in the company. We had several meetings and we said, okay, we're just going to brainstorm this. We got the SEs, we got the sales guys, we got marketing people, we got finance, anything. You know, what do you think? And we got a list of over 100 characteristics by the time we were done. And I have a spreadsheet this big uh, with all these characteristic columns in it. You know, the CISO, we're in the security business. The CISO has a military background and was in the security services. Well, that's pretty definitive. Okay, that's great. Good. That's the first thing I look for. Okay, great. Well, how do you find that out? You know, well, it's on LinkedIn maybe, right? So I go there first. I look on LinkedIn. And if, they're, if they have a background in the military, especially in, in security, I think that's great. Okay, good. Well, there's an interesting characteristic we might not have thought of, right? And it went on and on and on and on. So anyway, so we built this huge list and then we looked at the list and we said, well, that's interesting, but how the heck are we going to get all this information? You know, where are we going to find out, you know, whether the CISO has decision-making respect from the CEO? So that was one of them, right? (laughs) Well, I guess we can call the CEO and say, hey, what do you think about your CISO? And maybe somebody would say, I don't know. But that was a challenge. Like this set of characteristics all seemed beautiful and, and really intuitive. I mean, you know, insightful. But then you go and say, well, how much can we really figure out? So it became a real challenge of what's available. How much is it worth? Oh, my goodness. I went to talk to the research agencies. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we find out that, you know, it's $6 to find out if the CISO 
in one particular company has military experience. Well, we have many companies that we need to go find out that about, right? Yeah. So it's going to be an expensive proposition if, if we do that. Anyway, so that's my challenge. I have more I can share, but let me stop there. And you know, no, I think, What do you think? What ideas do you have? So it is a real challenge. And you, it's so funny you say this because I've been saying, I've been thinking about this very, very much in the last few months because ABM, we've been talking about it for the last three, four years to the Flip My Funnel conference and the book and the podcast and all that. But what has been really apparent to me in the last couple of months, Kirby, is that if you are doing account-based marketing, then the number one question that you have to figure out and have to answer is, what is my total addressable market looks like? Because if you're truly doing APM, which means you're going to put a lot more effort, a lot more energy, you're going to reduce the number of companies that you're going to go after. That means you need to be the right people. That's why we talk about future customers, not just prospects. Yeah. If that is all true, then you have to know what your total addressable market, what your TAM looks like. Mm -hmm. And the million-dollar question to figure out what your TAM looks like is figuring out what your ICP is. So it's 100%, yeah. I agree with you. The way I have seen other companies do it, and just kind of just giving you off-the-cuff thoughts on it, is they have not just listened to everybody internally because you have to have that input and insights into it, but actually gone to the customers. Mm -hmm. And they have looked at their entire customer cross-section and said, okay, which of our customers are the best customers? These are the type of customers we want more of. And, yeah. and they, whatever that is, they have put that above all everybody's thoughts, opinions, insights, whatever it might be. They have said, hey, look, everybody's input is important, but the people who are swiping the credit card and paying are more important than our individual ones. And that's where they have started to figure out their ICP. Yeah. And, and I think that's exactly the next step. So what my thought process is, okay, let's go gather up every characteristic anybody can imagine. That's, that's interesting, not particularly telling, but interesting, right? Um, then let's take a look at the existing install base and see what we can learn about our install base that fits into those characteristics. So of those 75 or 100 characteristics that seem realistic, where does our install base, current install base kind of fit? Like how would they rank in, in these characteristics, right? And then try to come up with a correlation that says, okay, these are things that matter most, apparently, in this install base. And I, I'm willing for it to be almost anything. We've talked to some folks who can get you information about what conferences uh, uh, employees at various companies have attended. Okay, right. well, maybe maybe there's some outlier and it doesn't, it doesn't, it defies logic, but maybe there's an outlier like they went to a particular kind of conference. So that for some reason indicates, we don't know why, but it indicates they're there. I'll tell you a quick little story if you have time. So this comes from the data science world. One of my clients was trying to do a project to get some visibility. They were looking at dating because <laughs> it would probably get them some visibility, right? And they were trying to figure out if there was anything that they could identify on a first or second date that would indicate whether the relationship was going to be successful or not, right? Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. That would get you some magazine headlines, I guess. So after a bunch of research on this they, and, and looking at data sets and everything else, they determined there was actually one characteristic. And it's the difference between the education of the mother of either one of the parties and the other mother of either one of the parties. So if, if, if the first person, one, had a mother who didn't have a high school education and the other one had a graduate school education, yeah. uh, there was a very low likelihood that that relationship would go anywhere long term. Now, huh. uh, 
okay, now you stop. And it, 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 maybe it becomes obvious after that. And you say to yourself, well, of course, right? Because what was the environment of the households between those two people? What are the value sets of those two people? The education, what kind of books were around the house when they were growing up? You know, right? Just a million different things, right? Could come out of that, right? But it, but it really did boil down. Now, you wouldn't think that. It would never come to your mind that that was an important characteristic. But now, you know, on the first date, it's the first thing you need to know, <laughs> right? But, hey, what's your mother's educational background? Interesting first question, you know, but right? As soon as, right? Oh, check, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? Right? They don't match. I got to go. But, 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 the, but the point here is that I'm trying to get to is that these characteristics don't necessarily have to make sense to us in the beginning when we're looking at the data. It's after that they start to bubble up and you see that they make sense or that, they, that you can make correlations in your head anyway that makes sense. That's, that's, so that's yeah. yeah. So our next step is to do exactly what you said. It's, it's to sort of flash these characteristics against our installed base set and say which ones rise to the top in terms of the, the highest likelihood of uh, occurrence in our, in our install base. And then of course, the big challenge is great. Now I know that, you know, it's it's people who went to a Flip Your Funnel conference three years ago whose CISO is, you know, was in, was in the Air Force National Guard or something, right? And I know that now. How the heck do I get that information from 3 million potential customers in the world? Right. right? That's the killer, so... I, I hear you. So, so here's, here's uh, this is really interesting because the idea of correlation in a lot of these things, it's not obvious many times. Right. But I think yeah, your point is well taken. So I'm going to try to summarize. I, I took a bunch of notes and, and here are a couple of things I want to want to hone in and would love for you to leave everybody with the challenge because most people who are listening to the podcast are either in marketing, sales, leadership roles and sure. trying to figure out some sort of challenge, maybe the same one or a similar one. Uh, in, their, in their work. So first of all, <laughs> I love what you started with a million dollar question. I think it's important to ask the question uh, is, is something that I really gathered from this is that I've seen a lot of people and you're, you're absolutely right. We say, hey, just get started. Well, yes, but start with what? Like, you know, I think that's a very valid question and I think you're, you're on the right track. I love where you are, the passion that you're sharing on making sure that you're trying to identify the right people because you don't want to just do all these marketing initiatives with the wrong type of people that your organization is not bought into. So I think that's a great, that's a 100% a million dollar question. The second I took away from this is that I, I would have flipped the order in which you went about figuring this thing out. But it would have been I, easier. Yeah, but I think it's, it's both of those things are equally important. The reason is I've seen organizations who have only done customer analysis and just gone, but they don't have buying from the internal sales and leadership team, right? So I think what you're doing that you may not feel through all the struggles that you're having, obviously, going through this process is you're going to get so much buy-in internally because they have seen the work and they obviously had a voice in the process. Yeah. I think, I think it's, a, it's a big takeaway as well. And the last part, when you, when you talk about the dating analogy over there, I mean, that is so true. I think things that in, in the first instance, we all might write off and say, hey, that makes no sense. There is correlation to it. So don't, don't, don't just write off on things that don't make sense to you. Wait for all the details to come through and, and then come to a conclusion because if we, if we might be too primitive to, to kind of go those kind of those decisions. So I, I love those those three areas and especially the last one because I think that is a really big one that do not discard some of the inside that may not make sense to you right away. Okay. Um, so, so with that, I'd love for before you to leave everybody with one question or a challenge uh, in, in, in the work that they might be doing. <laughs> 
Well, I think the key to me for this, at least in this subject here, is once we come to an agreement on some set of characteristics that are going to be the ICP, I think the real challenge for us and for you know all your all your listeners is going to be to do something about it, right? You got to the first thing you need to do is tier your existing t- funnel so that you've got you know tier one, tier two, two, three based on your on whatever set of characteristics it is. And then you're really going to have to reformulate your whole go-to-market and make sure that you're targeting customers who meet that ICP criteria. And that's going to require a whole rethinking of the processes and structures and everything that you're doing around marketing. So I'm looking forward to getting to that. I'm frustrated that it's taking so long to, to get to the damned ICP, but we'll get there. But I think the real challenge going forward is going to be, okay, great. Now we have a million dollars. What are we going to change in our life? What are we going to change in our lifestyle? What are we going to change in the way we do business now that we know what the ICP is? I love that. Thank you, Kirby. This has been wonderful. Nice to talk to you, Sang. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.